Hello and welcome to this special edition of the CityWire Ratings Radar Show. I'm Richard Lander, your host. As you'll see or hear, many things are different today. For a start, it's just me with the usual crew of Frank, Angus and Nisha taking a short break. And also, this has been recorded in person in the CityWire studios in London. And on top of all of that, instead of discussing a top-performing fund manager, we're thinking about all things tech with Caitlin Donnelly, who is the managing partner of New York VC firm Avalanche. If you're watching rather than listening to this, you'll see the company's dramatic homepage photo behind us. So welcome, Caitlin, and thank you for joining us. So first of all, why the name Avalanche? What does that say about what you're investing in and, and what you're looking for? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I used the name Avalanche in the dramatic uh, picture because I look for trends and particularly intersections where things are unsustainable and where there are these microscopic changes under the surface that um, will accumulate into a, a really big outcome. And when an avalanche comes, it's unstoppable and it sweeps the landscape away and leaves a new world um, in its place. So I look for for trends uh, and, and sightings of avalanches and try and make bets uh, before they happen. So this is all things metaverse, NFTs, fintech, and so on. In all that, like there are micro trends or micro avalanches and macro avalanches in all of those sectors. Okay, so that's the future. We'll come back to that. Let's look at today and the last few months. I've seen uh, the growth sector uh, in the public markets take an absolute bath. Great companies, whether they've been around for years, have tanked. Awful companies that shouldn't have been at the valuations they were have also tanked. Uh, is this a bubble bursting at like 2000 or is it 2008 or is it neither of those things? Well, they say that history rhymes but doesn't repeat. And so it does seem like there's some sort of correction going on or reversion to the mean. I'm not sure if the total bubble has, has popped yet. I mean, you still see companies like Berkshire Hathaway who've you know, performed well, um, traditional companies. So doesn't maybe in the growth sector for some of the names that were so overextended and overhyped in the COVID era of the last two years, they've now kind of reverted back to a traditional multiple, but it doesn't feel like you've had a complete collapse. Like you've like when the internet bubble burst or when, um, you know, the US the real estate yeah, yeah. Uh, market collapsed. Uh, but, you know, we, we don't know what the future holds, and so there might be more to come. Right. Uh, so that's what's happening in the public markets. The private markets, it's uh, the VC back. There was huge amounts of VC money going into companies, uh, unicorns being created by the day, it seemed, a lot of which did go public. Uh, how's this spilling over? Because we did have some extraordinary valuations going on there and, and companies being funded at you know 100 plus times uh annual sales i'd say that it's still too early to tell there's definitely um i think some investors are, are taking taking this moment to pause a bit and reassess i mean the last 18 months were so crazy in terms of deal making and and money coming into venture but that being said there's still um a lot of dry capital out there uh, a lot of Asset allocators are allocating more to venture and private markets, so there's money on the sidelines that needs to be deployed. And then um, fast-growing companies that are in big markets continue to be able to, com to command large valuations. So there's a corporate 
a credit card company named Ramp just raised money from Founders Fund at an $8 billion valuation on $100 million of revenue last year. But because they had 8x growth, they were able to to justify it to, to those private investors. So I think in pockets, you'll still see some um, extraordinary valuations for what investors think to be extraordinary companies. But in a larger part of the the sector, people are slowing down a bit. All right. So this is separating the wheat from the chaff in the sense that you can still get great valuation if your growth rate is is strong, like like ramp, and you, you're going to go somewhere and maybe go public one day. Uh, but for those other companies where you know the sort of uh, the veil has been taken off, they're going to struggle to get uh, money at the same valuation, aren't they? Probably, but it pro- it probably it just probably just depends on you know what the technology is. Do it? Can they find an investor that's willing to? To take the leap, can they create that market dynamic where there are a couple of private investors bidding up the valuation to be able to get better terms? And so, there's still probably enough money out there for um, many companies that are performing well. Um, but if if they if they're stumbling or there are doubts about the business model, then I imagine the valuations will compress. Right. Okay. So people might get down rounds. Uh, we're going to see less IPOs. Do you think from these tech companies in the in the next few months? Well, we are definitely definitely have seen less IPOs in the last couple of weeks or or months. So I would expect that to to happen going forward as well. Um, th- the other thing to note is that the IPOs were so manic in the last twelve months that so many companies that could have waited a you know rushed to IPO while the market was hot. And so there's probably. Everything's been pulled forward. Yeah, everything's already pulled forward. heard a lot during IPO, you know, <laughs> Peloton sales got pulled forward. Everything's got got brought quicker than it, than it should have been. And now we're suffering the dra- the downdraft of that. Yeah, and, and then also uh, the SPACs have shown to be... Um, not great. Not great, yeah. <laughs> Your average SPAC doesn't look great. Yeah. There's still some that are good, but I, there, there were so many that were raised so quickly that are struggling to find acquisition targets and that was a big route to, to the public markets for many of these private companies you mentioned you know there's VC money and there's other money and, and uh, a lot of what you might call city West traditional client base the the massive asset managers from BlackRock down uh, they've started to allocate money to uh, the private sector uh, VC, running their own VC shops uh, because you know they feared returns are going to slow down in the public markets, bond you know people looking for income and frankly, you know, bond income is is pretty terrible these days. So these companies are venturing into this territory, and you know, are they getting it right, or are they making the same FOMO mistakes when they, like when they went into WeWork and and thought this is great, you know, VCs are in there, so it must be right, and then lost their shirts. It's tough to say because so many companies are staying private so much longer that the, I mean, you look at the past and you have Microsoft or Amazon, we're going public at valuations, you know, in the million, the hundreds of millions of dollars. And now you have a company like Stripe that's still private and valued uh, privately at like $150 billion. You're like, that should be in any other era of publicly traded company. So I think they just need to be, you know, probably investing with the right 
firms and the right companies. And they're in a tough spot because, as, as you say, there isn't a lot of returns to be found elsewhere. And we'll see how it all shakes out. Cool. What's the... What's the mood like? Were you, were you at South by Southwest last week? I wasn't. No, you, you sat that one out. But you're obviously following it closely. What, what's the mood like? Is there a, a, a feeling that the glory days are over uh, or are people just parting on I think regardless? the party rolls on. Um, party. I've, some people are, and, and maybe a part of the, the culture of, of technology and venture capital is one of optimism and long-term thinking towards the future. And so I think maybe privately there might be whispers about, you know, macroeconomic concerns, concerns around inflation, uh, the pullback uh, in the private uh, or in the public markets with these big SaaS companies. But um, generally, at places like South by Southwest, like people are still very positive and optimistic, and that's kind of the culture of right. the industry. Just uh, we were discussing before we got started about uh, private equity because, uh, and there's been there's been a couple of big deals recently, as there has actually in the asset management industry, where the private equity is just hoovering up uh, RIAs in the states. Is, is this the get out clause for companies when you know their share price starts to stumble that? private equity will come in and and take them off the public markets. It does seem like that, doesn't it? I mean, these private equity companies have also so much capital that they have to deploy that you know, they're bidding and they're and they're finding some probably good deals in in the public market. So, you know, Pearson which we were we were just discussing received like their board received and I think rejected a bid from um a private a private equity company uh and a plan just was taken private by a private equity company so i think we'll see more of that all right full disclosure caitlin used to work at pearson that's right pearson yes. ventures right that's right yeah yeah cool okay before setting your own shop uh let's go back to your own shop for a couple of minutes avalanche the 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 sort of the micro signals that things are about to happen where's where are your investments taking you at the moment? What what areas in particular do you do you think offer the most excitement? One of the trends that I've been following for a while is one that I call everyone is an entrepreneur, that you have the rise of the freelance economy, you have rise of decentralized autonomous organizations, so people freelancing essentially for different um, networks of, of developers and people are changing jobs at a increasing rate. Uh, so I'm looking at businesses and companies that manage freelancers or help freelancers or micro businesses run their own um, shop, provide those sort of services and wrap around products. That's a big theme for me. Um, another one, which is the sort of original avalanche is, is the unbundling of the education sector. So, uh, particularly in the U.S., but I think it's true in, in the U.K. as well, the university sector has kind of come under scrutiny from students for who see prices continuously rise and the um, outcomes that they receive from a university education not necessarily uh, not necessarily translate to a higher income job. And so people are questioning well, what's the value of a college degree? Is it worth going to university? Or should I just 
you know, get a job at a tech company and start to apprentice and save myself uh, the debt. And so with that trend comes a whole host of businesses related to uh, alternative pathways or credentials. So like coding boot camps or soft like development shops that teach people to be software developers or product designers. There's also a, several credentialing platforms. So they're, they're like online badges that you can take for, or you can get for completing short courses or uh, showing that you have a competency in a particular skill. And so employers then will be able to say, oh, you have the software engineering badge from uh, GitHub, which shows that you've contributed these repositories. That'll get you a first round interview as a software engineer at our, at our company, for example. Right. Or in our our DAO. <laughs> Just you mentioned the word DAO there, and it's uh, decentralized autonomous organization, right? Yes, yeah. Probably doesn't mean much to to many of the people listening or, or watching this. So just tell us very briefly what a DAO is, why it's why it's different from say GoFundMe in terms of raising money and and helping people. Well, there's many different types of DAOs. So there's investment DAOs, or sort of project or charity based DAOs, and then there's uh, you know, sort of community organizing or organizing DAOs. Uh, so DAOs are, they stand for decentralized autonomous organizations. And the idea is that you're able to get a group of people who are contributors to be, um, you, you set the, there's technology that governs the decision making and there's different bounties that people can get paid, usually in a currency that's native to the DAO itself. Uh, You're talking their, some sort of cryptocurrency. Yes, yeah. But you can usually swap that yeah. for like Ethereum and then you could swap that for US dollars. So there, it's all tied back to the financial system, um, but it's more like a technology-mediated organization that ideally is much flatter and less hierarchical than a traditional one. Right. And what stage are we at here? Is it just the rumblings under the under the mountain or you know, when's the avalanche going to happen in, in, in something like Dale's? I think DAOs will take maybe several more years at least to go mainstream. What is interesting about DAOs is how passionate the community of people are that are involved in them and that they are truly technology native. So if you think about the two big trends shaping the future being, you know, technology like software is eating the world, tech, everything is going to be technology enabled. Well, technologists are really drawn to this way of working. And then the other trend being that Gen Z and Gen Alpha after them are going to be an increasing uh, presence in the workforce and they prefer these sort of working arrangements. Uh, it's only a matter of time before they become more of a force to be reckoned with. Brilliant. We'll have you back on when the avalanche has happened. <laughs> yes. And you can tell us all about it then. Caitlin Donnelly of Avalanche, thank you very much for joining us today Thanks on the Ratings Radar Show. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, back to the traditional format with, uh, with my colleagues, and we will speak to you then.